Today is the third day of January in the calendar for 2015. It just doesn't seem how, how time just flees. When you, when you get over uh, about 70 years of age, it just seems like time just, just flies away. But there is one way to slow down time, and that's to fast without food and water. So time just seems to slow, get very, very slow when that happens. But it's also very beneficial. At this time of year, people are setting resolutions, new resolutions, and we may think back on 2014 and our own lives and what happened in world news. We might ask ourselves, did I grow spiritually in 2014? What lessons did I learn in 2014 that helped me to grow in godly character? What goals have I set for 2015? And what does God expect of me in 2015? Well, I think you all know the answer to the last question. God expects you to overcome, and God expects you to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ in 2015. As I said, some people tend to make resolutions. Uh, Calvin usually uh, comments on New Year's resolutions. You know, Calvin is the precocious little boy, and he talks with this tiger. And so uh, the tiger, Hobbes, asked Calvin, are you making any resolutions for the new year? They're out in the winter snow. Calvin says, yeah. I'm resolving just to wing it and see what happens. So they walk through the snow, and Hobbes says, So you're staying the course. And Calvin says, I stick to my strengths. So in other words, Calvin's just going to wing it. He's going to let time and chance happen. You know, no purpose, no discipline, uh, no mission that he had. Well, God has given us a mission. And we need to have stronger commitments than what Calvin displayed in that little story. But one of our strategies for overcoming in 2015 is to face reality. We'll turn to 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. 1 Thessalonians 5. The world is practicing escapism. It just indulges in all kinds of entertainment and doesn't, to a great degree, unless tragedy strikes, which it has quite often, uh, just indulges in escapism. The First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, and verse 5. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Obviously talking about sleeping spiritually. You think of the uh, parable of the wise and foolish virgins in Matthew 25. They all slept, and then a cry went out at midnight. You know, the bridegroom's coming. Let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. 
We have another warning in 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, to be sober, to be vigilant, and not to be sleeping. 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that of the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Well, we have a battle. In fact, Dr. Meredith's telecast last week, uh, Spirit Battles Ahead. Uh, my wife commented after we saw that last Monday night, you won't hear that message from other per- preachers in the world. Because we know the reality of a devil who's deceived the whole world, that we have to be sober and vigilant and resist him steadfast in the faith. Mr. Mario Hernandez was telling us the other day at uh, lunch uh, some of the spirit battles that he and Mr. Christian Arego had on their visit to Guatemala and Mexico. Uh, God gave his ministers the victory, of course, through the powerful name of Jesus Christ. What were some of the top news stories in 2014, if we're to be facing reality? CNN listed the top three stories. Number one, Ebola. Number two, MH370, that is the Malaysia Airlines flight that uh, ended up missing. And then, of course, just this past Sunday, uh, December 28th, we know Air Asia uh, flight 8,000. 501 went missing and 162 people are assumed dead with no survivors. They did find the wreckage uh, near Borneo. It was on a flight from Indonesia to Singapore. Yahoo News searches listed the most popular searches of news in 2014. Number one, Ebola. Two, death of Robin Williams amazingly popular across the country, and midterm elections. The top science news of 2014 from Science News Magazine, December 27, 2014. One, science faces Ebola epidemic. Two, dust obscures possible gravitational wave discovery. Three, old human reveals secrets. DNA analyses rewrite stories of ancient times. Number four, Rosetta mission hits its target, you know, about the space vehicle that landed on a comet that took 10 years to accomplish. Quite an amazing accomplishment. Discover Magazine, uh, January, February 2015, 100 top stories of 2014. One, Ebola explosion. Two, climate in crisis, West Antarctic ice sheet collapses. And three, Rosetta's comet Rendezvous makes space history. So I think when we look at our own lives, we can understand what really affected us. Some of us lost loved ones, so we mourned over the past year. But uh, the Charlotte Observer listed the top ten in the U.S. The economy grows and the world slows. Uh, One, U.S. grows as world slows. In fact, today, uh, the World Street, Wall Street Journal list had the headline, U.S. dollar hits on one 11-year high. U.S. dollar hits 11-year high. 
Number, number two, from the Charlotte Observer, jobs are back. Three, security breaches. Four, oil plunges. And then in the religious realm, Barna Research listed ten. I won't give all ten of them. <clears throat> number one, from Barna Research, their top ten findings from 2014. Bible skepticism is now tied with Bible engagement. For the first time since Barna Group and American Bible Society Bible engagement tracking began, <clears throat> Bible skepticism is tied with Bible engagement. The number of those who are skeptical or agnostic toward the Bible, who believe the Bible is, quote, just another book of teachings written by men that contain stories and advice, has nearly doubled from 10% to 19% in just three years. It is now equal to the number of people who are Bible-engaged who read the Bible at least four times a week, is that you, and believe it is the actual or inspired word of God. I'll just skip down. Millennials want a church to feel like a church. Uh, millennials are those who were born in the 1980s or the 1990s. Number five, Protestants like Pope Francis too. Number seven, practicing Christian millennials maintain a high view of Scripture. And number ten, secularism is on the rise. So as we look back in the past, we can also see the future. Have we learned any of the lessons of history? I recently heard an interview with uh, Richard Burton, who was a famous actor who did Shakespeare and, and other uh, major roles. He was interviewed by Merv Griffin. I think it was probably around 1974 interview. Uh, Richard Burton was rereading The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire by Edward Gibbon, and he was remarking how interesting it was that Gibbon's comments about the characteristics of Roman emperors could be applied to modern major leaders in the 20th century, in the 21st century. But then Merv Griffin said in response, that's excellent. Uh, we continually make the same mistakes and some very healthy advances. Richard Burton says, what advances? And Griffin says, scientifically, landing a man on the moon. And Burton said, one giant leap into space, I mean, come on, that's rubbish. Of course, it's a Brit speaking. Griffin then says, what is the most important thing we've done in the last hundred years? And Burton says, nothing. And, and uh, Merv Griffin says, nothing, absolutely nothing. And uh, Burton responds, virtually nothing. But for the most part, we haven't advanced really in the past 2,500 years, I would think. Would you? Will you agree with the Burton's comment? Well, Mr. Herbert Armstrong wrote this in the Mystery of Ages, page 147, about the advancement of man over the past 2,500 years and more. Quote, God set in motion a master plan for the accomplishment of his purpose, consisting of a duration of 7,000 years. Satan was allowed to remain on earth's throne for the first 6,000 years. God purposed that man must learn his lesson 
and come voluntarily to accept God's way in character. For nearly 6,000 years, mankind has been writing that lesson, but even at this last late hour, he has not yet learned it. What did God want mankind to do? As Mr. Armstrong stated it, come voluntarily to accept God's way and character. Now, Richard Burton was correct in a sense that that was the massive result and not lessons learned by human beings over the past 2,500 years. But Merv Griffin went on to ask Richard Burton, who are your heroes? Richard Burton responds, if I had any heroes, they would be Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, the idea of cleanliness, Alexander the Great maybe, Certainly nobody since. What? His hero would be no one since Alexander the Great, who died June 11th, 323 B.C.? What about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came to reveal the Father and reveal a plan of salvation that you and I have understanding of? We just thank God for that. 1 Corinthians 3.19, I'll just quote it, For the wisdom of this world is achieved, is foolishness with God. The wisdom of this world is foolish with God. So what has mankind achieved and what is he about to achieve? You might turn back there to Genesis 11, verse 1. You know this, but we are repeating history. We're coming up to the climax at the close, as it says in the last verse of Malachi. Genesis 11, verse 1. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks, bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Eternal came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men built. And the Eternal said, Indeed, the people are one, and they have all one language, and this is what they begin to do. Verse 6, the end of verse 6. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. If God had not scattered them, we would be where we are today, heading for the Great Tribulation, as Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24, verses 21 and 22. But God scattered them, so they were unable to progress to the point where we as human beings would destroy ourselves. And as the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists has written, we are five minutes before midnight on the doomsday clock, and the clock is ticking. So God did hold back mankind from destroying himself, but has he done anything in the last 88 years that would be a benefit to the whole human race? Human beings have come up with incredible technology, which actually allowed Mr. Herbert Armstrong in 1934 to go on radio and broadcast the gospel and later on television, which allows us even this day to broadcast the gospel in different languages in many parts of the world today. So God has allowed mankind to do that, but what has God been doing? 
in the past 88 years. He's called out the first fruits. And of course, there are first fruits before that. But Mr. Armstrong wrote in the autobiography, volume one, page 541, he began broadcasting, which was news to me. I was just reading from uh, Mr. Ivor Fletcher's book. But he began broadcasting in September 1933 over a 100-watt station, K-O-R-E, in Eugene, Oregon. It was a 15-minute devotional program, so it wasn't what became the world tomorrow. But later on, on the first Sunday of 1934, Mr. Armstrong began preaching a full half-hour program. And so that was 71 years ago tomorrow that Mr. Armstrong began broadcasting. Now, most of you should have Ivor Fletcher's book, which we distribute at the feast, The Incredible History of God's True Church. This is what uh, Ivor Fletcher writes on page 244. On the first Sunday of 1934, 71 years ago tomorrow, the Plain Truth magazine was introduced to the public through the broadcast, page 245. <clears throat> page 256, Mr. Fletcher writes, quote, Mr. Armstrong's radio broadcast was heard on 11 stations in 1953, 19 years later, called a time cycle of 19 years. And this year marked the beginning of what came to be known as the foreign work. On January 1st, on the 19th anniversary of the World Tomorrow broadcast, the program was first aired over Radio Luxembourg, the most powerful radio station on earth. <clears throat> now, I was reading through Mr. Fletcher's book in that section, and I came across the uh, statement we just observed, um, Dr. Meredith's ordination as an evangelist uh, 62 years ago on December 20th. And in reading Mr. Fletcher's book, I just felt compelled to share with you another point of history in God's work. Page 258, the British work expands. Quote, Roderick Meredith conducted evangelistic campaigns in Britain in the summer of 1960. Mr. Armstrong announced a campaign in a letter to British Plain Truth magazine subscribers. The letter announced a campaign in Bristol, England. Mr. Herbert Armstrong stated in his letter, quote, Mr. Meredith is fully consecrated, utterly sincere, and in earnest, stirringly dynamic. He knows what he's talking about, and he is going to talk. He is going to tell you things you can't hear from any other source. He is coming in the power of the living Christ, supercharged by his Holy Spirit. End of quote. What an inspiring part of God's church, the history of God's church. In the summer of 1960, we were just referring to that, uh, talking to Dr. Merritt the other day, he conducted that summer, 1960, three campaigns, Bristol, Birmingham, and Manchester, England. And each of those campaigns was four weeks long, five days a week. So he gave 20 sermons in each of three cities, or a total of 60 sermons in that uh, period of campaigning. And he, uh, I think you also gave sermons on the weekly Sabbath in addition to that as well. So as we face the challenges of 2015 and beyond, 
we need to reflect on the promises that Christ has given us. If you turn to Matthew, the 16th chapter, we need to be thankful for the work that Christ has accomplished through his servants over the past 88 years since God first called Mr. Herbert Armstrong in 1927. Matthew 16:11. I think you know where we're going with this particular section. Matthew 16, we'll start in verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Verse 14, so they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah and one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And God has revealed it to each of us as well through his Spirit, the truth, this precious truth, as Jesus said in John 8.32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We are so absolutely blessed when we think about the history of the church over the past 88 years and what we're facing now in 2015 and beyond, that God has revealed to us the truth. And of course, in verse 31 of John 8, he said, If you continue in my word, then you shall be my disciples indeed. So we must continue to do that. Verse 18, Matthew 16, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Peter was Petros, a little stone, and Petra, the big rock, was Christ. And so Christ was building the church not upon Peter, but upon the rock. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So Christ has given discipline, organization, and government within his church, but he said, the gates of Hades, the gates of the grave, will not prevail against God's church. That's the assurance that we have. We can face the future with confidence, knowing that Christ is the living, active director and head of his body, the church. And I'll refer you again to sermon number 827, A Work of Faith. So we've discussed briefly that we can overcome by facing reality. What other strategies can we apply to overcome and grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ in 2015? I asked, what does God expect of us in 2015? He expects us to overcome and grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. I'll just give you five more strategies here and briefly. Number one, to overcome in 2015, maintain a thankful attitude. Have you anything to be thankful for 2014? What blessings did you receive from God last year? Perhaps you had the privilege of attending the Feast of Tabernacles. Some of our brethren here in Charlotte had the privilege of going to Jerusalem, going to Israel. Uh, for the Feast of Tabernacles last year. What a tremendous blessing that was. We had over 10,000 for the first time in the Living Church of God attend the Feast of Tabernacles in 2014. Actually, 10,289, the overall attendance, 
and that was an 8.3% growth over 2013. We had 53 fee sites in 32 countries. And we also distributed, as I mentioned, uh, Mr. Fletcher's book, uh, 5,540 books at the sites and international offices. So we can maintain a very thankful attitude what God has been doing in his work. For 2014, we mailed out from headquarters here in Charlotte 1,334,105 pieces of mail at 21 cents each. So God blessed us, and you have a part in that. You know, Matthew 10, verse 8, freely you have received, freely give. We've been giving and we continue to give the gospel and good news to people. Overall church pieces of mail, which included uh, Tomorrow's World magazine, 3,892,351 pieces of mail. So we're very thankful for what God has done through his work in 2014. Tomorrow's World Television now broadcasts in Spanish, French, and Russian. We also broadcast into China with Chinese subtitles. We started broadcasting into India as a small introduction. And then we've expanded on Internet television as well. Uh, we recently announced this, but uh, the Internet Department announced that Tomorrow's World Telecast is now available on iTunes and Google TV as well as Roku. Google TV, Apple TV, and Roku users can find the Tomorrow's World Telecast in the respective device app stores. You can find a complete TV channel listing on tomorrowsworld.org website. And don't forget that Tomorrow's World mobile phone apps for iOS, Android, and Apple are available as well in the respective app stores by visiting the URL tomorrowsworld.org slash mobile-apps. So these mobile phone apps include the magazine, articles, commentaries, telecasts, and other important material. In 2014, Tomorrow's World editorial department was very, very busy. We had uh, the Living Church News. This is the January-February issue. I think you've all received your copy. Uh, Dr. Meredith's article, Loyalty, Unity, and Servant Leadership. Well, that was uh, Living Church News. And we also have the Tomorrow's World magazine. Uh, we've gone up from 32 pages to 36 pages. This is the January-February Tomorrow's World magazine. And we have, as it's noted here in the beginning, circulation 492,000. Uh, Dr. Meredith would like to, of course, get it up to... 500,000, but just by comparison, I did uh, some checking on circulation of other magazines. Uh, Newsmax magazine, 200,000. National Review, 157,000. Mother Jones magazine, 240,000. Atlantic Monthly, close to us, 478,000 to our 492,000. Scientific American, 460,000. Canada's popular McLean's magazine, 294,000, Psychology Today, 300,000. So, again, we have 
492,000. We really are having an impact in the publishing world. However, we are small in comparison to the number one magazine, which is the AARP magazine, has 23,721,000. I was checking with PSA Research, and number four in the top 100 magazines in circulation is Better Homes and Gardens, 7.6 million, established in 1922 and published by Meredith Corporation. Number 10, Family Circle is 3. Point, almost 3.5 million, established 1932, published by Meredith Corporation. Number 11 is Ladies Home Journal, established in 1883, has 3.8 million, also published by Meredith Corporation. I went on Meredith.com, and here's a quotable quote you might want to write down. More than 100 million women make Meredith a part of their lives, end of quote. <laughs> quote, more than 100 million women make Meredith a part of their lives, end of quote. He goes on to say, for over 100 years, Meredith Brands have been committed to providing women with information and inspiration to create a rich and meaningful life by focusing on the core passions of family, home, and self. We continue to play a vital role in the lives of 100 million women. But the editorial has also been producing the Living Youth Camp tabloid, and that it will be printed uh, fairly soon, and uh, that has uh, articles uh, by some of the campers, some of our people here, and even right here is uh, two of our Charlotte Charlotteans, Alyssa and uh, Anna, on the front page, and uh, on the back page tells uh, upcoming events for 2015, Adventure Camp, July 7th through the 16th, and LYC Teen Camp, July 27th through August 8th, so you'll want to uh, be aware of those dates, and uh, this should be out in a few weeks uh, into your home. Editorial has also been working on different language uh, editions. This is uh, the good news, um, buenos nuevos in uh, Spanish. This is October 2014. Let's see, and uh, then we have Le Journal. The French, uh, one of our uh, magazine. This is March, April, 2014, uh, May, June, 2014 in French. September, uh, July, September through September, and uh, October through December. Uh, Les Journal. You can uh, take a look at some of these after after services. And then we have. The Tomorrow's World magazine uh, in French, Le Monde de Bain. Uh, this is uh, January, February uh, 2014, uh, March, April 2014. Um, this is, I'm sorry, that was, yes, March, April. This is uh, May, May, June of uh, 2014. So, we're very thankful for uh, those magazines. A little more of the uh, French magazines. You're welcome to take a look at. But not only that, 
but the editorial department and in uh, help with Mr. Uh, Parkinson, Ray Parkinson, up in the Mississauga office, who's done some of the printing for our booklets. Uh, this is uh, uh, the Holy Holy Day, God's Master Plan, in uh, French. I mean, Spanish. Excuse me. Um, and then uh, El Falso Cristianismo, so you understand Satan's uh, counterfeit Christianity, uh, the Beast of Revelation, and uh, and a French one here on Armageddon and beyond. We have one in German, uh, which is fulfilled prophecy, God's hand in world affairs, and uh, an upcoming. Uh, booklet, which has not yet been printed and published, but in review right now, The Biblical Approach to Health by Dr. Douglas Winnale. So that'll be printed and uh, mailed out. Well, we'll decide how, when and how it should be mailed out soon. So we're just very thankful for uh, what God is doing in going out not only to English-speaking people, but in French and Spanish, German and uh, Chinese and Russian and other languages as well. We realize that the widow's might goes a long way. So you widows who are contributing and you know your pennies, your dollars, you realize that God is blessing that and multiplying your efforts so that the gospel can go out in greater power. Let's turn to Colossians, the third chapter. Colossians 3. We can overcome with a thankful attitude, and we can be thankful for what God has done in this 2014 and is continuing to do in 2015. Colossians 3, verse 14. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. That should be a commitment for us in 2015. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. We get anxious from time to time, but we need the peace of God to rule in our hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we want to have that very thankful attitude. Another way of overcoming is to, as I mentioned before, but repeat for us, number two, to face reality to watch prophetic trends. To face reality and watch prophetic trends. You know Luke 21, but let's turn there and read it so we can reinforce our commitments in this calendar year. Luke 21. Verse 34, but take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. And when we realize, actually, uh, Barna had one of the uh, trends of 2014 that mothers were stressed but were satisfied overall. So that was an interesting uh, document. They're stressed. Uh, They're doing multiple jobs and doing taxi service and everything else. The cares of this life and that day come upon you unexpectedly. Again, we read at the very beginning to be sober, to be vigilant, to be watchful. 
for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth, the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So we want to again have that hope that we heard about in the sermonette, to ask, seek, and knock, and to always pray. So Christ wants us to discern the signs of the times. I won't turn there, but remember he chided the Pharisees and Sadducees because they did not discern the signs of the times. That was Matthew 16 and verse 3. Here was the prophesied Messiah right in their midst. And they did not discern the signs of the times. And certainly God has called us to be watchmen. Dr. Meredith has said we are watchmen as a group, as the whole church. We are watchmen. We need to be aware of what is going on, the prophetic trends, and to face reality. In fact, uh, that was the article title in a Tomorrow's World magazine, September, October 2005, Face Reality by Dr. Meredith. He writes, We at Tomorrow's World can be God's watchmen for you and your loved ones if you are willing to listen, to study, and to prove these things for yourself. These prophetic events can help us see that God is real and that the very personal God revealed in the Bible is truly alive It is working out an awesome purpose here on earth. Once we fully grasp this fact, we can face, we can begin to face reality. So that's very encouraging when you have the big picture. You can face reality. One of the ways, of course, is uh, reading our news and prophecy. I get that sent to me on by email, but it's in our Weekly World Ahead. Uh, this week we had news and prophecy, three items. I'll just mention the titles. Russia, China, India, tighter ties. Number two, more fatherless children. Three, Pope prods President Obama on Cuba. So again, you'll want to be reading those news and prophecies. And of course, the uh, telecast tomorrow Prophetic Trends for 2015 is also the title of an article in the current Tomorrow's World magazine. So, uh, you know, we try to duplicate, to um, be efficient in our efforts. So if we write something for a telecast, we can do it for a Tomorrow's World article as well. In that uh, program and in the Tomorrow's World magazine, Prophetic Trends for 2015, I'll just mention a few without uh, elaborating. Number one was continuing wars and conflicts and terrorism in 2015. Of course, ISIS is still very, very active. Number two, Europe's superpower development. You read Revelation 17.10, that there were five kings have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue for a short time. Another prophetic trend for 2015 is to watch for heavenly signs. Uh, Some of you may have seen the blood red moon uh, in 2014. I asked those at uh, the uh, Lake of the Ozarks, Feesite, how many of you saw the lunar eclipse and uh, it turned the moon was a coppery red color? And they said quite a few had seen that. Well, that was uh, 
April 15th and October 8th, uh, 2014. NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, describes their color as sunset red, or as the eclipse progressive, quote, filling it with a coppery glow and transforming the moon into a great red orb, end of quote. And that's from the Science NASA website. So in this year, 2015, there are going to be two more uh, lunar eclipses where the moon may turn red blood, or at least red to some degree. And that is the first day of unleavened bread of this year, April 4th, and the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles this year, 2015, September 28th. You might turn to Revelation, the sixth chapter, Revelation 6, as I mentioned in the telecast, that uh, what is the significance of the tetrad, the four lunar eclipses that turn red? Well, the world should learn two lessons. One, that they should be acquainted with the sacred calendar and realize the coincidence between the 15th of the sacred month and a full moon. So that should have been one lesson. The other lesson the world should learn from those red moons is that there is coming a great blood red moon as the heavenly signs, a part of the heavenly signs. You read that in Revelation, the sixth chapter, which we're familiar with. And he says uh, here in verse 12, Revelation 6, I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. So there are going to be these dramatic cosmic disturbances, and uh, we need to understand that what we're seeing now is just a little simple example of what those heavenly signs are going to be like after the two and a half years of the Great Tribulation and the heavenly signs introducing the one-year day of the Lord leading up to the return of Christ. So number two, we need to watch prophetic trends, meaning continuing wars, conflicts, terrorism, Europe's superpower development. Watch for heavenly signs. Watch for religious developments in Jerusalem and the Middle East. Uh, Those who were there in Jerusalem um, had uh, quite uh, an event because there were conflicts right on the Temple Mount while our our brethren were there this past fall on the Feast of Tabernacles. And uh, we saw part of that at the uh, Feast Review. So anyway, uh, we realize those conflicts are continuing. This is from the International Jerusalem Post, December 26, 2014 to January 1st, 2015. Political conflicts continue between the Palestinians and Israelis. Quote, Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas threatened on December 23rd to sever all ties with Israel if the statehood resolution presented to the UN Security Council last week did not receive approval. Speaking to reporters in Algeria, Abbas said the Palestinians were, quote, determined to restore their rights, include the right of return for refugees and the release of all Palestinians from Israeli prisons, 
If we fail in the UN bid, we will halt all dealings with the Israeli government and ask it to assume its responsibilities as an occupation state, end of quote. Well, they're not an occupation state. They were there from the beginning. God gave them that land to Joshua, and he brought that into uh, the promised land. And then we find also, of course, that the Islam is emigrating into Europe. And this is just one interesting uh, data point I found out, and uh, it's from haaretz.com, but also quoted in the news from Israel magazine, January 2015. What was the number one baby boy's name for those born in the UK in 2014? Quote, Mohammed has become the most popular name for baby boys in Britain, according to the parenting and pregnancy website Baby Center. Mohammed was also technically the most popular baby's name in Israel during 2013, although it was left off of the population, immigration, and border authorities list for the top names of the year, which only included Jewish names. So the Israelis listing a baby's boy's name left off the Palestinians, uh, but technically Mohammed was the most popular baby's boy's name born in 2014, or actually in the Jewish year 5774. The most popular Hebrew boy's names for 5774, the Jewish year, were Yosef, number one, Daniel, Ori, Itai, Omer, Adam, Noam, Ariel, Itan, and David. We also, as prophetic trends for 2015, we as Christians are continuing to prepare for the kingdom of God. We prepare by being close to God, walking with God, as we heard in the sermon last week. Let's turn to Romans, the 13th chapter. Romans 13. You know, our mission is preparing for the kingdom of God. We are preparing others. We're fulfilling the mission that Christ has given us as the way of preparing for the kingdom for ourselves. Romans 13, verse 11. And do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, and now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. So we have to, again, be vigilant, sober, alert, awake, and then be applying these strategies to face reality and watch prophetic trends. A third strategy for overcoming in 2015 is to set goals and beyond. I asked earlier, have you set any goals for this calendar year? Uh, some, again, set resolutions. One is brought out in the New York Times, December 25th. Uh, one man set a resolution to stop texting while walking. He said, quote, My New Year's resolution for 2015 is not going to be focused on eating healthier 
or to start going to the gym every day of the week or even to save more and more and spend less. Those challenges are easy compared with the goal I've set for myself. In 2015, I'm going to stop texting while walking. The realization that I may have a problem, along with a lot of other people, hit me smack in the face literally a few weeks ago when I was strolling through Kennedy International Airport, avoiding obstacles with my peripheral vision as I clambered out a text message without any warning, as I couldn't actually see, I was involved in a head-on collision with another man who was also texting while walking. The thud sent both of us off balance and we almost fell. We both regained our footing. We looked at each other with a sense of disgust and embarrassment. Adding to the poignancy of the incident was the realization that no one around us had seen our accident because, as I soon realized, they were walking and texting too. If it weren't for gadgets in our hands, we might have looked like extras from The Walking Dead. But anyway, you see, some people have certain uh, resolutions for 2015. Um, I was listening to an NPR radio report on uh, fitness centers, and the uh, Planet Fitness has $10 a month, and uh, people will come there. They were interviewing the manager of one of the Planet Fitness areas, and actually talking to one of the clients and said, well, how often do you come here and exercise? Oh, five days a week. And, oh, well, do you mind if we check with the desk and see if that's true? And said, well, okay, go ahead. And they found out he had only exercised one day a week. And uh, they have 6,000 at that particular uh, Planet Fitness uh, Center paying $10 a month, but they don't really exercise. The concept or the mindset is called pre-commitment. In other words, they're paying these $10 a month so it makes them feel good. They're deluding themselves and thinking that they're getting exercise when they only exercise maybe once a month. It's called pre-commitment. But we need to have full commitment to whatever resolutions we make. Mr. Phil Center in Tomorrow's World magazine, Tomorrow's Youth Today, September, October 2014, wrote, Make a Commitment. He quotes Christ's instructions in Luke 14 and then states, quote, you have probably heard the saying, failure to plan is planning to fail. So look at your life and see what is missing. Examine what needs to be done and then commit to doing it. Then follow through with the commitment you make, whether as a student, a future husband or wife, or as a Christian, following Christ's example will not always be easy but it will be impossible without commitment. So count the cost and then make a commitment. So we commit ourselves to fulfill our God-given responsibilities. We have that sermon number 395, Our Responsibilities by Dr. Douglas Winnell. So as children, as parents, as wives, employees, secretaries, managers, engineers, businessmen, and women, as ambassadors for Christ, we need to commit to fulfill our own responsibilities, and that requires discipline. Might turn to First Corinthians, the twenty-seventh uh, chapter, not ninth chapter. Sorry, if you can find First Corinthians twenty-seven, you've got a different Bible. But First Corinthians nine, verse twenty-seven, the Apostle Paul talks about discipline. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. 
And turn over to 2 Timothy 1 and uh, verse 7. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, you know that scripture. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, the Greek word for sound mind is sophronismos, which is translated self-discipline in the NIV. So, again, we need to have that determination to overcome, the discipline to overcome. And some of our plans for the future, we have to make sure we are planning ahead for 2015. In fact, we have a uh, church calendar that will be sent to you uh, in the January co-worker letter. So it gives all of the uh, festivals for 2015. And uh, you'll, again, want to make sure you're planning ahead. We already heard the announcements today that our local teen congregation is going to be having a roller skating party here in Charlotte on uh, January 26th. So I know you've written that down on your calendar. Passover is April 3rd. That is uh, Sunday night, April 2nd. Uh, Pentecost, Dunleavened Bread, April uh, 4th through the 10th. And uh, I won't give all of those, but Feast of Tabernacles, September 28th through October 4th. And the last great day, October 5th. And of course, you want to put down on your calendar the Adventure Camp for those of you youth who are going to be uh, climbing in the mountains, if that's what the case may be, July 7th through the 16th. And the LYC Teen Camp, as I mentioned before, July 27th through August 8th, 2015. I mentioned Calvin making resolutions. I'll give you another one of his comments. It's just a one-frame comic strip this time, and uh, Hobbes the Tiger just looks out nonplussed at the audience, and uh, Calvin is very passionate he said, resolutions? Me? Just what are you implying? That I need to change? Well, buddy, as far as I'm concerned, I'm perfect the way I am. Well, is that, I hope that's no one's attitude here. I'm perfect the way I am. Who's supposed to change? I don't need any resolutions. If I had resolutions, you're saying I need to change? I'm perfect. I don't need to change. So we need to overcome and make sure that we are changing. And sometimes we need to set goals or guidelines for setting goals. We received the Kiplinger letter, which is for forecasts for executives and investors. And this was written by um, a grandfather. Actually, he is the uh, editor-in-chief and the publisher of uh, Kiplinger letter. It's set, dated December 19, 2014. And he had received a letter from his grandfather, who was the founder of the Kiplinger letter back in the 1920s. So here's what he writes to his grandson. Finally, some advice for you, my grandson, which won't make sense to you until you're older, choosing a college major, a career, establishing financial habits, because the grandson's only one year old. Set goals that stretch you. Take the tougher high school and college courses and acquire skills that others won't have, making you more valuable in the workplace. But it's okay to go into French literature. 
If you accept the lower earnings, it will yield you. Uh, formidable. But if uh, be a lifelong learner, uh, this is advice we all need to take and we've been giving you. Be a lifelong learner, developing new aptitudes, skills, and knowledge, not just for career and advancement, but to enrich your life and that of your family. Don't be afraid to change course in your career in response to changes in the economy, the prospects for your original field, or adjust your shifting interests. Follow your dream, but temper your passion with some pragmatism. That's signed, Granddaddy Knight A. Kiplinger. That is Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T. So we set goals. I'm going to be showing a, a video here in just a few minutes. Just want to uh, let our video man know. But what types of goals are there? Well, there's financial goals. You might turn to Proverbs 3, verse 13. Proverbs 13, verse 11. This has been very helpful to me as a principle. Proverbs 13, verse 11. Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. Now the NIV has it this way. Dishonest money dwindles away. But whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. I've told you before, uh, when I was a teenager, my mother said, Richard, you need to save 10% of all you earn, which I did not do. Had I done that, I'd be a millionaire today. But little by little, watch it grow. So, again, I hope that you've all responded to the December 15th coworker letter. Remember, it's not just the amount but it's the matter of the response. Are you giving to God's work where your treasure is? There your heart will be also. So we have financial goals. We have physical goals. We have social and outreach goals where we want to improve our relationships with our family, with our friends. They were radiating God's Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, as mentioned in Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But we want to radiate those fruits and grow in social uh, relationships and service. Educational uh, goals. I hope that uh, some of you will be taking living university classes. I have a class this spring called uh, Introduction to Biblical Doctrine, uh, THL number 380. Uh, tomorrow's World Bible Study course can be taken for credit. Um, Mr. Wyatt Siselka uh, teaches that class with video lectures. The senior citizens age 65 and over uh, can audit one class free of charge. So, again, think about educational goals for 2015. Professional goals. Central Piedmont Community College has uh, several campuses. They have paralegal technology, respiratory technology, turf grass management technology, welding technology. So, again, education is available if we only take advantage of it. Then there are spiritual goals. We need to examine ourselves. I'll just give you some suggestions. Examine yourself for the Passover. Read through the New Testament in the next three months. Fast once every four to six weeks. Volunteer for a service project. Ask Mr. League or Mr. McNair, how can I help here in the Charlotte congregation? And you want to claim God's promises. So we thank God for the goals that he set for us. We want to set the greatest goal of all, Matthew 6.33, 
Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I hope everyone in here has made a deep-hearted commitment to seeking first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness above all else in your life. Well, number three was set goals for 2015 and beyond. Number four is examining your depth of commitment. Let's turn to John 16, John 16, verse 33. Of course, we know Luke 14. We read a little bit about uh, Mr. Phil Senna's article on commitment. John 16 and verse 33. So God will give us victories. We know that we will have to face trials. We have to face them with zeal, with enthusiasm. But Jesus gave us this wonderful promise in John 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So God will give us victories in 2015 as we strive to overcome and as we strive to be committed. All of you have received, I hope, the uh, DVD, The Mission of God's Work. And uh, you may not be all aware of it, but there's a little icon at the bottom if you put it in your computer. You click on it and it has special features where you turn on the audio or put on the captions. And it has the English captions. And it also will have French voiceover and Spanish voiceover. As you can see, the gospel is going out in greater power and in different languages. So we want to examine our depth of commitment and make sure that we are dedicated to fulfilling that mission. The final strategy for overcoming in 2015 is to examine your depth of conversion. The depth of commitment is pretty close to depth of conversion. But let's turn to Romans, the 12th chapter, Romans 12. Examine your depth of conversion. How deeply converted are you? There are some who accept the truth, but who are not zealous for the truth and not living the truth. The Apostle Paul gives us one way of making sure that we are dedicated and deeply converted. Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, brethren, we need to make sure that we are walking with God, as we heard in the sermon last week. We need to know the truth, respond to the truth, rejoice in the truth, and believe the truth. Let's turn to uh, Colossians, the second chapter, Colossians 2. We appreciated Dr. Meredith's inspiring sermon on walking with God, and here the Apostle Paul writes to the Colossians to do just that. Colossians 2 and verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. And you need to know the real Jesus Christ of the Bible, the one who suffered for you personally, suffered for me personally, 
died to shed His blood that you might be forgiven, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So we need to obey the truth and believe the truth. Let's turn to John, the 14th chapter. John 14. How strong is your belief? John 14. Jesus used the expression believe here several times in John, the 14th chapter. Even verse 11, he says, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Yes, you know where God's true church is by the fruits. John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then he says in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I gave a sermon some time ago titled, Believe and Obey the Truth. That was back in September. And I challenge you as the audience, the congregation here in Charlotte, to write your own paper on I Believe. I just want to thank the young lady, I won't mention her by name, a 12-year-old girl who met that challenge and wrote this. She just gave it to me a week ago or a couple weeks ago. What I Believe, and this is written by one of our attendees here, 12-year-old girl, What I Believe. I believe that there is a God who wants what is best for us and loves us. I believe that if we submit to God's will and love Him, then all things will work together for good, Romans 8, verse 28. I believe that for God all things are possible and that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4, verse 13. I believe that Jesus Christ came down from heaven and was killed so that we may be forgiven of our sins and healed of our sicknesses. I believe that God has a plan for us, and that we must preach the gospel to the world, feed the flock, and warn the world. I believe we must choose between right and wrong and not straddle the fence. Finally, I believe that one day we will all be part of God's family. Just a short, beautiful, heartfelt, concise summary of what I believe by a 12-year-old girl in our congregation. So brethren, let's strive to make sure that we are deeply converted, deeply committed. I asked, what does God expect of you and me in 2015? He expects you and me to overcome, to overcome self, our human nature, the influences of the world, and Satan, and to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Turn to John, the 15th chapter, just over the page from where we are here. He expects us to be productive. Remember, Jesus is the true vine, and we are the branches coming out of the vine. He says in John 15 and verse 8, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So, brethren, we need to grow in godly character, put our hearts in God's work, exemplify God's way of life, 
as ambassadors for Christ and to bear much spiritual fruit, then we must walk with God. How can we overcome in 2015 and beyond? We mentioned facing reality. We mentioned making, maintain a thankful attitude for what Christ is doing through his servants. To face reality and watch prophetic trends. To set realistic goals for 2015 and beyond. And to examine your depth of commitment. And to examine your depth of conversion. Remember, Caleb, one of the spies for Israel, was sent out to spy on Canaan, the promised land. And when he came back, of course, the other spies gave negative responses. But he said in Numbers 13, verse 30, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. We all need that sense of boldness, that faith, that courage, that assurance. We can overcome by having our hearts in God's work and make sure that we are overcomers in 2015. Turn finally to Revelation, the 20th chapter. Revelation, the 20th chapter, because God gives this awesome promise. Revelation 21, sorry. Revelation 21. He gives us this awesome promise. Revelation 21 and verse 7. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. So, brethren, thank God for the blessings you received in 2014. Thank him for the work that he's doing through his servants around the world in fulfilling the Great Commission. Let's per persevere, all of us, and let's accomplish the work with faith, enthusiasm, courage, boldness, and zeal. And let's dedicate ourselves to grow and to overcome in 2015.